when you have an officer basically around the neck area. These two retired Vegas cops now podcast hosts. They don't have ID, they can't get into a hotel room. To, to get them the help they need, especially if someone even gets arrested. A lot of people don't know how the justice system works. What you guys have going on is necessary, it's needed. Hey everybody, this is David Kohlmeyer, The Problem Solvers. Thanks so much for joining us today, Thursday, 4.30. We are live here uh, talking about problems and how we're helping the community try to solve some of these problems, having amazing different guests, speakers, community activists, nonprofits, politicians, lawyers, doctors, whoever we need to basically bring on the show in order to help solve a problem. Today, as usual, my co-host, Danny, I was about to say Danny Rivera, <laughs> Danny, <laughs> Danny Miner, co-host thanks danny thank you for having me dave i'm really excited about talking with you guys today let's go awesome uh Beja rivera actually is the other coach she's not sitting right now she's actually outside helping set up ice cream we do we have a little bit of an ice cream truck um and we're giving out ice cream for some kids that are you know uh that are from school a little bit of anxiety going back to school so we're giving out some ice cream in general so today till six o'clock if anyone wants to come down right now uh it's open and available <laughs> it's uh, open and available it's the <laughs> first time um that we're doing this uh, we're going to do it next Thursday as well. So again, until 6 o'clock, it's at Sticky Paws Studio. It's 6445 West Sunset Road. It's suite number 142. You'll tell it's us when you see the, the ice cream truck. It's very, it's a, an old paddy wagon situation, tons of ice cream. Um, anybody who wants some, whether it's adult or kid, can come on down. Again, it's today till 6 o'clock. Again, Sticky Paws Studio, 6445 West Sunset Road, suite 142. We'll do it next week as well, which I'm assuming there'll probably be more people now that we kind of did it today. I did technically place it on a Facebook group with 26,000 parents and students. Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know if, if anyone's looking at it, but you know, there's free ice cream. So I don't know, I don't know if these days the gas could cost more money than the ice cream. So I don't know if they're gonna really drive out for ice cream. Uh, yeah, that's true. But it's a good time. So anyway, yeah. today we have two amazing people. We have Robert Banghart, who is the outreach director with Shine a Light. And we also have George Petty, who's the lead program case manager with Shine a Light. Thanks so much guys for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for awesome. having us. So these, uh, actually, so it was um, Robert that was on the show, I think about a year ago when I first started The Problem Solver. And what these guys do, they're going to explain what it is, but I actually did join them one day for their, what I would call their community outreach and the nonprofit efforts. And these guys are amazing what they do. I mean, people have no clue about your program. That's why I wanted to bring you back on the show, especially uh, because these rainstorms and you can kind of explain all that. So tell us a little bit about Shine a Light for people that have no clue about your program. Shine a Light is essentially a homeless outreach program. We go into the tunnels each Saturday and build relationships. And we also have the, the, the what's it, the, the concrete way out, right? We have a real and legitimate way to get them off the streets, place them. We have what we call the iPath, which is an instant placement with access to treatment and housing. So if they reach out to us, I call George. George starts calling around where the bed's available. And because we all work in treatment as well, we have those connections. So like all the layers are covered. We're not just going out and handing out stuff, which is amazing if that's what you do. That's amazing, you know what I mean? Right. But uh, we try to focus on the true and honest way out, the real pathway off of the streets and staying off the streets. Awesome. So how long have you been involved in the program? Well, I was actually scholarshiped in to treatment four years ago through okay. a scholarship through Shine a Light. So it's four years. It's been every Saturday for the last four years. Every Saturday for the last four years. Yeah. 
And um, what are the hours again when you go out? Saturday, what time? We meet up around 7.45 at our office, gather up all our supplies, split up in order, into our uh, teams because we have different paper routes for each lead. And I was explaining that earlier. We have uh, each lead has its own set of tunnels. So that way that one lead goes to that area every single week and there's one familiar face always. Okay. So what, what it's 7.45 and then what time do you leave? Like 8.30? Uh, usually 8.15, yeah. 8.15. And what time do you guys normally get back? Uh, it depends. Uh, as we've grown, obviously, we've been able to, with the hotter weather, we've cut it back a little bit because we have so many teams. We're back by noon. By noon, okay. okay. And um, by the way, if you don't mind when you guys speaking, just speak more into the microphone because it's, not that it's sensitive, but I think I, I always say to eat the microphone type of thing, which yeah. sounds funny. But just talk a little bit more into the microphone. You can move it as well, so if it's more convenient, uh, more comfortable. Um, George, how long have you been involved in the program? Um, same story for me. I was scholarshiped about two and a half years ago. Okay. And I just fell in love with Shine a Light from the very beginning on what they were doing. So to make it really simple um, for people, because I feel like, so in regards to Shine a Light, how do you explain Shine a Light, the words? Like, where did it come from? Because I, I got a little confused in the beginning. Shine a Light was actually a name by our found, was named by our founder. His name is Matt O'Brien. He, uh, he was writing a book. There was a gentleman named T.J. Weber. He had uh, killed some people and ran into the tunnels to hide. Okay. And then, you know, escaped this big dragnet. And Matt was an author. He went down and was writing this book, and he stumbles on these people living down there, and he just started building relationships. And he was, I believe he was only doing it for about six months when he met Paul. Paul is our director. He uh, took Paul out once or twice and just said, hey, I'm going to El Salvador. I've got a, a teaching job down there. He left, Paul took it over, and at the time, Paul's working at Freedom House, which is a treatment center, the same one that George and I both came through, and uh, he starts to develop what the, 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 the rudimentary beginnings of what we are now, you know what I mean? How to get them off, get them into detox, get them into treatment, right? Because they're, they're homeless, they're dealing with traumas, it's not just addictions, it's many other things, and how do we get them all the tools they need to truly and honestly become a successful part of society again, you know? I, I agree with everything you're doing. I just want to tell you, thank you from all the residents here in Las Vegas that you're helping these people. Yeah. My daughter, I was telling you this a little bit before the podcast, my daughter just got her, she's, she's a therapist. She just graduated from uh, UNLV with her master's degree. And she went down in the tunnels with your group. And she said, it's an amazing work that you guys do. It changed her. Believe me, just seeing everything down there and what you guys do. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you seen more people now since the pandemic and rise in prices and have you seen more homeless people is what i'm saying down in the tunnels because of all of this i would say that it's gone up a little bit right i wouldn't say that it's been anything drastic i thought after the pandemic for sure and all that the relief would. efforts would that it would be massive but that i don't know that that truly transpired not at least underground in the washes right now we just had rain does that what happens down there i mean i don't know i don't even know where the tunnels are to be honest with you, what happens when it rains? Does them tunnels fall up? Do they have to get out of there? Is that what happens? Oh, yeah, definitely. There, we went out, uh, was it a week and a half ago? We yeah. went out for three days in a row. Okay. Just, just checking in, you know what I mean, seeing they're right. And all the stories I heard that the water was up to their knees. Right. And everything was wiped away. And it only takes six, six inches of water to take you off your feet. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It must be so scary when it's going to rain. They yeah. must want to get out of there as quick as possible, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, and it's... My story is this, when I was out there, I had this like illusion that I was like a survivalist, right? Because right. I'm out there, nobody, you know, it was not true, but like that was the mentality that I had, because like, I'm surviving completely on my own. And, and I started to get in tune with things, if that makes any sense. Like, okay. I, I knew like, 
you could look up and you knew what time it was just basically by looking at the sky, right? And it's essentially the same thing. You see the weather coming in and you would be, it would probably surprise you how well the communication is, right? Everybody's, if you drove by a tunnel before it rains, you see them coming up. Like they know, I mean, there are some that won't come out, of course, that's always a story, but like in a general way, I feel like they're, they're not usually surprised. They're more surprised by like the storms in the mountains where the water comes down. Right. That's where you see like the, the injuries. I, I don't know if this is the right way of saying it, but I always say like, I mean, look, we are, we are animals. Like people say we're a creature of habit and stuff right. like that, but I look kind of animalistic in regards that if we're in the forest or whether we're in the concrete jungle, right? Like you're watching the weather or you're watching, listening to sounds. I mean, like right. be, it's all about survival. So I mean, I can understand that aspect. So when they were on the show a year ago, it's been a while, I decided to go down with them and, uh, and actually George was, I guess, what you call it, team leader? Yeah, I think I was a team leader team at the leader. time. And I, yeah, I didn't and, even know uh, you were, but we went out and we had a good time. Yeah, so, well, you know, what was interesting is when I was a cop, and just to recap, I was a cop in Henderson for 13 years and NYPD for four. Um, I went to tunnels, um, I, I figured certain tunnels, but I never went this deep. Like, these guys go extremely, extremely deep. Like, I was a little nervous. We were walking, right. and we went so deep that, I mean, I went maybe, you know, what do you call it? Like one little tunnel? Not even a tunnel. Like the overpass, you know, like a little bit. Maybe yeah. it went to the other side. I mean, these guys know where they're going. Like it is incredible. I mean, honestly, it's a, it's a city within the city. Yeah. Um, and you can actually go, which I think last time Paul was on the show, right? Yeah. The director. He was saying that he could make it because I actually brought up the spot where he used to be at. Um, it was at St. Rose in Eastern and Henderson. Okay. And he was saying that you could make it from there all the way to the South Point. Wow. I mean, I mean, you could make it as far as possible, right? Yeah. There's How six, far do you six, think? 600 miles of tunnels in Las Vegas and still growing. So. Yep. What's I, the furthest, I, what's the furthest would you say that you guys have ever gone? Well, I know my tunnel that I was at, it would go from Arville all the way under the Orleans and let you out through the park. And that's a good, that's a good half a mile to a mile. My but tunnel, I could make it tunnel. through in the dark. <laughs> so you could make it through in the dark. I mean, yeah. you could basically sense your way. Yeah. Yeah. You said it earlier. Right? Like you become used to your surroundings. Like if you woke up in your house right now with no power, could you make it? You know, to your front door. Could you make it? Of course, because you live there. You've you've walked it like that muscle memory. Yeah. It's very similar down there. Like, I don't even use a flashlight that much anymore. I mean, basically, it's just really far that they can sense their way. Now, now it's very interesting, which I, because you know, it's dangerous and the cops don't do it. And uh, I was always trying to do community policing and help people. And I used to do this, um, it was called Hope Lincoln Henderson, where we used to take homeless people to, um, it was a motel, and it was a, like a hotel voucher program. And I probably was the only cop that was doing it, you know, in general, because it's a lot of work and people like, there were some people actually that caught like staff infection. And, you know, cops were worried as well, getting sick and, you know, all this other stuff. But I would take him to a hotel that was like really south in Boulder Highway. It was a cheaper hotel. They accepted the voucher program. And then I would put them somewhere, let Hope Link know. And then basically a case manager would come out and try to help them in general. And I, sometimes I would get them food and some different things. But what's interesting is, is that there is such an underground. Like if someone was actually like me, us being retired police officers, you know, if someone's like selling drugs or transporting there, they would just go through the tunnels and transport it through the tunnels. Yeah, wow. You know, but I mean, we would never go that deep. It's dangerous to, you know, the people know the area. Yeah. But but what their job is really is that the more times they show their face, it's like, hey, is this a time that you need help? Do you want to come out? And and uh, you probably don't remember, but um, so I was with George and we went all around. And it's definitely, A, it's a hike. I mean, I'm probably more out of shape than I was years ago. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely some exercise for right. what these guys do. And they drive to different locations. And for the day that we went, um, I'll recap the story because you probably don't remember. You've, you've gone out hundreds of times. But we went to one spot. And there was a woman that we spoke to, and these guys are like more senior, they know what they're saying, like we're, I'm just kind of standing by. The woman basically had like a cardboard house, 
and like some like uh, curtains over it. And uh, George and I think there was someone else uh, convinced them to like, hey, it's time to get some help. We'll take you to um, what's the place in Charleston again? You guys work with Crossroads. 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 Yeah. And they convinced this woman to go to Crossroads, but she wanted to like secure her property. And she literally, with like a rope, she tied. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. She I tied. Do. She tied the cardboard box with like some rope, thinking that it was like secure. Right. I mean, you could literally just take off the sheet, right, or whatever. Right. But she secured the cardboard, you know, because she thought she would come back. And right. She took some stuff, and who knows whatever happened from that story. But I mean, we got our team got one person out. Wow. Um, but I just remember, like, you know, we lock our door, we shut our windows. This woman was tying you know, a piece of rope to secure her property that she had. Right. And it was really sad, but they did a great job, amazing job. And they convinced her to go, I think they, and we took her to, someone took her to Crossroads. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened with that particular person, but they spent all day, there's one team, they got one person. And I think that's the goal, right? Is every time they go out, it's a familiar face. A and they try to get one person out to help one person. And this woman did have kids. Maybe she had a little bit of addiction. Right. She didn't look like that she had addiction. I'm not sure if you remember the female at the time, but I think she did state that she did have an addiction problem. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember she, that story? Yeah, she, I do remember her. It's I like do light remember skin, her. Black female. Yeah, yep. Yeah, Dave, and Dave, she did have she did struggle with addiction, and she might have had some mental health too. But Dave, I, I you know I think us as Americans, us in, in this city, we look at people as heroes that are athletes, right? It's throwing the touchdown pass, hitting the home run. But you two guys are really heroes. You're making a difference in this community. Okay, you're not hitting home runs or you're not scoring touchdowns, but what you're doing is giving life back to people. You're getting them out of a horrible situation and giving their life back. And I'm going to tell you, you guys are amazing. And I would definitely go down in the tunnels with you. Would I be scared? Yes. I mean, you guys are actually, let's be honest, you're putting your life in danger every single Saturday. Because you don't know what you could come up on. Am I right? I mean, I, I see the point, And we, we deal with this a lot because when somebody comes out for the first time, you know. And they're scared. Yeah, I mean, you know, the unknown. Right. But I mean, yes, we did live out there, but not all of our volunteers lived out there. Not right. all of our leads lived out there. You right. know, I think it's, you're dealing with basic human kindness, which everybody understands, I, right. ho I hope. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, you're just building the relationships. Like my route, and I, I know it's not any different for any other other leads, like we have a banter and, and relationships. Some of these people we've been talking to for years, like there's, there's a girl at one of the tunnels that I walk up to. Every time she sees me, she stands up and puts her fists up, jo joking around, right? <laughs> right. That she wants to fight. And I'm like, okay, today's the day. You know what I mean? And we have that banter, that relationship. And I don't know that I'll ever get her out. Right. But I know that she trusts me enough to joke with me. And when she sees somebody else that might need our help, she'll point. You know what I mean? Like that's the, when we walk in, they know we're there. They know who we are. And like, they know what we're about. Right. And, and you give them comfort. Even yeah. if they don't leave, you're giving them comfort, yeah. right? A lot of them are like people that I've known while I was homeless or, like I said, I've seen out there for years or maybe we took them to the hospital one time and brought them back or, you know, anything. Anything we can do. I, I, I use the, the, the verbalization of chopping wood. Right. I'm just chopping wood. I don't know when the tree's going to fall, if it's ever going to fall, but I'm going to keep swinging. You know what I mean? Well, I, I'll tell you what. You're doing God's work. Believe me when I tell you guys. I mean, it, it's amazing because there's people who live their whole life and not do what you're doing for other people. And, and you're amazing, both of you. Thank you. Would you agree, Dave? Absolutely. So one of the things that I think is amazing that they do, well, just to recap, uh, so when we went in the tunnels, um, it was George and I and a few other people, we had backpacks okay. and they have supplies. Now that day, actually, um, I was working with the Richard Harris Law Firm. They actually gave me, if you remember, black backpacks. Yes. I think it's the same time of year, actually. Yeah. Um, we had backpacks and inside there were supplies and they put some other supplies, food and different things. 
What was very interesting, their big thing is actually like batteries because a lot of people basically at nighttime, right? They need batteries too, whether whether it's, what's the big thing with it? Flashlights or what other things? Yeah, Is it radios really? Radios? Not really radios. No, not really radios. So it's flashlights. Flashlights and batteries are big. So really big, like batteries is really, really important. They're giving out batteries. They're giving out, um, the one guy we met, I mean, we went inside so deep. There were people like they, it was kind of like fenced off in the thing where, they had some dogs that are down there. there there's the animals that are living down there. They have propane tanks that they're cooking. Like they're literally cooking, you know, like like it's their home. Right. Um, and there's sometimes, they actually have, sometimes they stay close together even. Like some different people, they stay close together, almost like it's a community. Like it's a there. family, right? And I remember there was one guy that I get, I think he cut himself. And there was, a, what do you call it, like an EMT person? Sometimes they have EMTs, right? Yeah. And they, they, they basically looked at it, they cleaned it like with some alcohol, they put some bacterial cream, bandages. So they checked on some things, you know, kind of uh, of health. Right. Uh, basic health, you know. Um, but I remember the guy was cooking, you know, like food down there, you know, and you're, like, you're in the middle of the tunnel. And also there's a lot of water sometimes that are, you know, in the tunnels as well. I mean, you just don't realize how good you, your life is, you know, in general, and how other people are living until you're down there. And it's, it's sad and it's amazing what these guys have, you know, done. And they all use their different, it's kind of like, I know you guys don't think, like he's saying that you guys are heroes in general, like you do it so much. You're desensitized, but like you're using the kind of the, your superpowers. Your superpowers are to be that you're just very sincere, or you've been through it, right? And you're just being compassionate, or you're just being there, your presence, and then people just that that talking to them, you know, is 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 actually a big deal when you're down there, right? There's loneliness, there's mental health issues and stuff like that. So there's so many, and then you're bringing food or supplies or what? What's the what, what's the top three items? Batteries, I remember. Batteries, food, flashlights, water, non-perishable foods, really. We look at it like those items, we're not stocking them up for the next week, right? It's really, it's a key to the door, right? It's a key to a conversation. I can't tell you how many times somebody that we didn't know came up a tunnel and I offered a cigarette. Like I've gone out with just a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. I just, something to offer to open the door to the conversation, to, 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 to soften them and then begin. And with no, obviously I'd like everybody to come out the first time I meet them and we, I think I've only had one or two people like that in all the time I've been doing it. You know, a lot, yeah. a lot of them, it's over time. You kind of, you know, you build. They got to gain your trust, right? Yeah, and then, unfortunately, they have to get in enough pain too, right? Right. Because they, really, what we're asking them to do is to leave their entire world. It's like, if a, a billionaire came down right now and told you, give up everything you have right now and come with me for a better way of life, he's a billionaire, but there's still fear there, right? Like, I, this is what I know. This is my life, and. Essentially, it's the same thing for them, right? Like that cardboard box and the sheet, that's her whole world. And she is walking away from her entire world to go with some people that she sees every Saturday and hoping that everything they told them is true. Right. That's, that's amazing. And, you, and you're right. I don't think people realize that's how they're thinking. That is their whole world. That yeah. cardboard box, that blanket, you know, that gives them comfort. So I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Now, I've seen, I watched a documentary on it. Uh, there, I saw even people with beds down there. Is that correct? Oh yeah, they're very beds and everything, very right? Ingenuitive. Yeah, you know, I've seen everything from scooters that ran into batteries, that lighting. I mean, everything. Oh, I got a question for you guys. I'm sure people want to know. What about COVID? What happened during COVID? Did you guys still go down? Was it was it tougher? We slowed down for a little bit, but we okay. still we were doing check-ins and check. But everyone was wearing masks, I guess, too. Oh yeah. Oh, it must wow. be hard just breathing in general, right? Just going down there with masks. Maybe yeah. those, li- what do you call those, uh, lizard things? I think yeah. uh, my, our, pers- yeah. our perspective was that where we've come from, 
wearing a mask isn't really that big a deal. I got yeah. I mean, like it's understand. Lot, yes. There's a lot worse things than yeah. Yes. Like we've been through a lot worse things. Yes. So. But it seems like every day, you know, I'm thinking like if you guys went down there, like these days you have to be politically correct to wear it. Like these people that are politicians, like everyone's wearing it. But when they're like they're not on TV or something, they're not wearing it. Were you guys like actually enforcing it? Oh no, we were our the volunteers that went out was like our core group. We weren't taking anybody else out. It was smaller groups just smaller doing group check-ins, and we were all wearing our masks. Right, <laughs> right. You know, I just like I said, there's so many other. That's like the least of the issues, probably. Right. Did you did you did you did you meet anybody out there during COVID that like had COVID, like they were really sick? I never saw anybody that was sick. A couple right. people said they had had it, but okay, right. it's interesting. During like a pandemic, now you're talking about being homeless in general. I know. Could you imagine? Um, what's the main? I want to just pull up the website just to go through it. Um, what's the main website that you have? Is it shinealightlv.com? Yep. Shinealightlv.com. So we're looking here um, for whoever's watching. This is their website. So shinealightlv for Las Vegas.com. Um, there's different information in general that they have um, specifically. Is that a main video that you have? It is. Actually, if we do the, play the video actually and then sound. Maybe. My name is Robert. I'm the outreach manager for Shine the Light. We're an organization that goes out to the tunnels every Saturday under the city of Las Vegas looking for anyone wanting a way out. Las Vegas has over 600 miles of tunnels and washes in our city and about 1,500 people homeless living in them. We offer them a way out through detox, housing, inpatient facilities. We bring out supplies each week to help build that relationship and then open up conversations that allow us to explain what we do. Be surprised how many people care, dude. It's crazy. Like that Facebook I showed you, like it's like five thousand people donating, you know, little stuff here and there, just trying to help out. So, how long you been out here? Five years. Five years. Out here's not not as bad as what you might think. You know, it's not, it is. It, but you it, get it used is, to it. but you get used to it. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. Hey, somebody got to have someone just like you.
All right. The, the video is like, you know, you can feel it. Um, that violin gets me every time. I, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. As I get older, I get a little more emotional. A couple things I've seen in that video. One is when you were talking to that guy and he, you said, you can, I got out, you can get out. And he, you can see that his comfort was, well, it's not that bad. I got this. You can tell he was comfortable. The other thing I saw was somebody had an American flag. I saw that briefly. And I was thinking to myself, you know, they're displaying the American flag, but yet they're homeless. And they probably think maybe the country doesn't care about them. So that brought me a little emotion too, because they still love America. They still, you know, it's just, it's just so amazing what I see there. And I, I pass the Rio all the time. I saw where you guys were at the Rio there. And I, I see that all the time right there. So it's just totally amazing, guys. There's, there's a spot in the Rio Tunnel where if you go all the way in and you can look up and you can see the Caesars Palace. Really? So it's like the contrast between the two is it's right there, billion dollar corporations. And then right down below, it's a whole community of people that are homeless, undeserved. One people. thing that always strikes me I heard a number, I've seen a number a couple of times of how many people in America live paycheck to paycheck. Oh, yeah. We're all one paycheck. Most of us, 75% of America is one paycheck away from being homeless. And, and the thing is, some people have somebody to back up. So if they miss that paycheck, they could go to their family. But then there's other people, they don't have family. Yeah. You know, so they're one. All of us have been at one point been broken in our life. All of us has. Listen, I went through a divorce. Believe me, I was broken in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Very close to being homeless, right? Yeah. So I totally understand. Uh, and if you don't have family, where do you turn? Well, you know what I mean? That's the thing. Well, especially in Vegas, right? Like, you know, I came out here by myself. You know, I had a cousin that was out here. Like, if I really needed somebody, um, he always worked like a different shift. But, you know, I had one person. But a lot of people have no one. They come out here with a little bit of money and they try to start fresh in general. And um, so where do you go? I mean, most people go back home. Even myself, I knew that I had a year leave of absence from my old job that I could have went back. So I had a year to play with it. And if it didn't work out, I could head home. My parents were there. And right. I can pick up a lot of people who don't have that support system, especially out here. Yeah. So it's tough. So it's very easy to, yes. to be homeless in general, especially things happen. And um, I think also, yes, people do become comfortable with it and they don't want to change. I, I talk to a lot of people now that have been doing the Problem Solver Show. I've been trying to help a lot of people. And they, and they say that they, they basically go to the gyms and they take a shower or they put their clothes in certain places and they go to the library in different places and they sleep on the street. And it's horrible, but a lot of times they become so complacent that they're not even trying to change. Like it just becomes a way of life. And it is sad if people have felonies, it's hard for them to get a job, it's hard for them to get a home, run a background check, you know? So, um, and one thing, I'm not sure if you guys really know, but as a cop, when I used to do community policing and I worked with apartment complexes, that there are the people that have criminal histories, they are not a protected class. So if you're black, you're white, you're Muslim, you're Jewish, right? That's all protected. So if you go to an apartment complex and you want to fill out an application that you see criminal activity, they're allowed to discriminate you because of the, because of your, of your past. You can't live there. And that's a kind of a problem even if you have a felony from 20 years ago and you have kids and you want to move in a complex, your children will not be in the best school district because you won't be able to get into that apartment community. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of sad. Things in the past, like, there should be eventually people could seal the record. But the yes. problem with it is it costs money to seal a record. Um, you have to go to the Nevada Legal Aid maybe. That could take six months to a year. You know, Most people just can't survive or they don't even know where to go. Yeah. Um, so record seals is really, really important. And I, I don't know we spoke about this in the past. And I want to be more involved with you guys because I do work with some criminal defense firms. And I want them to start helping do record seals for people um, and ask them to basically do it for free. Or I, or even the Problem Solver Show, if there's some fees that maybe that we would support that, but we have to seal records because people cannot start fresh. They can't get a job. Even though there's certain places, like I think Walmart, other places, where basically if you have a past, like they'll, you can get a job, but we need to seal records for people if they want to you know, um, get other jobs. I'm assuming you agree, right? 
Oh, absolutely. And I think there's a certain amount of time that has to be passed in, in order for them to sell that record also. So that and someone then, that's two or three years sober is not going to be able to sell a felony that they have to wait seven years for, you know, so it's... It is a problem. I mean, domestic battery, DUI, normally it's a, um, it's two years, um, I'm sorry, it's seven years for a DUI and domestic battery if it's, uh, if you're convicted, long time. But if it's basically reduced to reckless driving or something different, then you could do it within a year. That's just the misdemeanors, but the felonies, yeah, that's a problem. Some, some, it's changed a little bit, and I think it's reforming. But yeah, but the problem is, right? You got to figure it out. When was the case closed? What lawyer is going to help me? They're going to charge me money. I have no money. You get upset and depressed, and basically you just don't want to deal with it. Yeah. So I kind of like want to work with you guys a little bit more, like anyone that has, especially warrants and traffic stuff. I like to help basically use the local law firms that I work with. So one of the things we work with is Las Vegas Legal Network, which is a network of different attorneys. I would ask them to help out. Um, when we first started this, it uh, didn't really exist, you know, when you're on the show. So I want to get more involved with anybody that has warrants or traffic tickets, anything we need to do to help people kind of clean it up. I want to be that main person. Maybe I can come by once a month and people can come to me. Again, I'm, I'm not an attorney. I'm always basically referring them to the right person, getting their name, their information, giving it to the attorney, and the attorney would take over that specific case, you know? Yeah, I think it's one of many things that become these roadblocks like we talked about. They're living paycheck to paycheck before they become homeless. Once you slip through that, it's very hard to come back up. You know what I mean? It's very hard to get off, and then you hit all these roadblocks. Right. Absolutely. Dave, I, I want to quote Tupac Shakur. Go for okay? it. Oh, fire. <laughs> what he said was in his one song was, I didn't commit a crime that I didn't have to commit. So I think back, you know, if you're homeless, you're hungry, right? You have kids. Of course you're going to steal for your kids so they could eat. Okay, and then they get a criminal record. And now, as the United States, we're saying, oh, you have a criminal record now. You stole some. We're not going to give you a place to live. We're not going to give you a job. What are you going to have? You're going to be homeless. We need to adjust the criminal justice system. We 100% do. Because somebody that makes one mistake, we're ruining their life for it. I remember, I'm sure Dave, me and Dave are close in age. I'm a little older than him. But we're close in age, that same generation. My mom used to always say, don't make one mistake. It's on your record. It's on your record forever, forever, forever. So I go into a store at 18 years old and I steal something. It's on my record forever. That makes no sense at all. It makes no sense at all. You guys, would you say four years ago, you came into the program, right? You are definitely different people than you were four years ago. We can all change. And we should see that at a criminal justice system, that when people change, we have to give them a break so they can get back into society. People come out of jail and they have nowhere to go, of course they're going to end up back in jail or yeah. homeless. I think that luckily there are enough places where you can work as a felon. You know, there, right. are, there are enough places while you work on getting it sealed down the road. Right. There is. There is there's, it's not as bad as it once was. I right. Think, I think it's really been a focus, and that goes back to the, the, the amount of people incarcerated. You yes. Can't, you can't have that many people unemployed, so they had to adjust their, to the need. Well, that, I, that goes back. One last thing, Dave. Yeah, no, no. That, the thing that I get, too, is I think we, and this is coming from, just so you guys know, I was caught for 27 years, all right? Dave makes fun out of me when I say that. He <laughs> bought me a hat that said 27 years. But anyway, uh, my, my thing is, you know, somebody goes to jail. They do their time, okay? We need to get them back into society. We just, I mean, that's always been with me. And I, I'll be honest with you. I think me and Dave are sort of same kind of cops. When I arrested somebody, I tried to counsel them a little bit. I'd be taking them to jail. They're in the back. And I know this is the hardest day of their life. I know people are starting to think they want to commit suicide. They're getting arrested. They're, they're, all these thoughts are going through their heads. I always said to them, listen, you could come back from this. This is just a little thing bumping the road for you. Come back from this. Learn from this. I always told them before I dropped up off at the jail. 
And I'll tell you what, I, it made a difference in my life also because I knew I helped people when I arrested them. I probably, I have about 1,200 Facebook friends. I will bet you 25 of them Facebook friends are people I arrested. <laughs> One of the guys I arrested for murder, and he's my Facebook friend. Oh, wow. Believe it or not. He was found not guilty in the trial, but, I, but just shows what kind of cop I was. I tried to help people, and I know Dave was the same way. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cops are different different ways. And like, if you're a cop and you got shot at multiple times, right, you're going to be different. Like, you know, there's PTSD, whether you're a cop or a regular person, you know, in general. Right. Um, I wanted to bring up one thing. So um, I want to go to, um, so the problem solver has, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Let's backtrack. Okay. I like actually, so we got to figure it out. I'd like once a month for me and Danny, the first of the month or the last of the month, so we just know that we come down there maybe at a certain time. And then anyone that has whether it's warrants, traffic tickets, maybe that we can take notes and then we'll get it with the attorneys to basically help people. So maybe we could figure out what, you know, what a day would be so everyone knows, hey, the last day of the month, we have the problem solvers coming down and then we'll take information from them and we'll look it up and then we'll get with attorneys to help out. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That'd be good? Definitely. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Okay, so we'll figure that one out. I'm putting Danny to work here. The second thing is... Um, you're not putting me to I get, work. I, get, I, I always wanted to help the homeless community. Yeah. No, Ever since I moved here six years ago, it's bothered me since the day I moved here. I got him teaching. I got him teaching active shooter. I got him doing all kinds of things. So I'm like, we got. We, we fortunately we have time to do these things, and with the show as well, I think that uh, we're having an opportunity to help out in a little different ways. So um, one thing I want to share with you. So the Problem Solver Show has a Problem Solver uh, Vegas, which is an app. Now, when I was with you, George, that day, I was testing something out. So if we look at the screen over here, and I here's I actually feel bad. So if you look at the Problem Solver Vegas, there's a spot that says homeless, right? Is it someone there? Homeless? Yeah. Okay, so when you click on homeless there in general, now when I went out with you, George, that day, I was testing something out, and I feel bad because it's been so long, but what I wanted to do is, and we're going to get this going um, the next day or two, you remember this? I do. And I never got it set I up do. because what happens is, this is one of my problems with Vegas, is that when you see someone homeless, like you don't know who to call, right? Vegas is different, Henderson's different, like who do you call, right? 311, 911, so this on the app, if you look here, you basically would put in um, information, uh, what does it, I can't even see it from here, it says name, it says like GPS location, and then you could fill this information in. You could actually, when you go down to the bottom, you could actually, uh, it clicks the button where your GPS, you can include a photo, and then basically you select the items and then you press submit, and then basically it would show the location where there's homeless people. It could be a person on a corner. Um, so I wanted to implement this, but I didn't know at the time, you know, what emails to put into it. And then I want to put out a news release saying that if you see someone that basically is homeless, like on a corner or somewhere or a camp, go to the problemsolver.vegas, click on homeless, Take a picture if it's safe or, or just the location or describe the people. Click click select, uh, okay. And then it would send out an email to whatever agency. So it could go directly to you guys. The question is, um, you know, what emails do we use? Do we put someone on there from Henderson or North Las Vegas? Is it just you guys? Maybe it's just you guys in general. So I want, when we were out that day, I was testing. I think I was showing you one I time. I remember, yeah. So it does work. I just never got it set up and it's on there. So I want to do a news release maybe just in... Um, in conjunction that the problem solver and China Lights working together in regards to homeless that you can it is a resource that you can use and then basically you guys would get the email again if it's photo of the camp the GPS location and then it would go directly to you in general and then the bottom line is that I think it would help my question to you is this actually my daughter Kyla is over here when we see a homeless person in general like on the street or on the corner there's my girl Chloe when we see actually Chloe and Kyla come in here for a second have, have a seat right over there sit right over Actually, actually, both of you guys come in here. Have a seat right over here. This is my, these are my two girls. Oh, have a seat right over here for a Welcome second. They, they like coming to the show. Chloe, put this on for a second. 
She likes this stuff. Here's a question for you. So when these young ladies see someone that's homeless on the corner, here's a question. What do you what do you think that she like do you give money? Do you not give money? Like what do we do? What are we supposed to do? We get in general, because we always feel bad, right? I feel bad, like I'm with them, They're like, oh look, it's a person that's homeless. Do we give money and then you feel better they're using it for drugs or alcohol? Should we not be discriminatory about that? I uh, we get this question a lot and I think that the standard answer across the board that we're comfortable with and, and we experience in our own lives as well is that be kind. So what do you do? Like, if, so some it, people are scared. Depends on where, where it depends. So let's say we, we are always at Decatur and 95, we get off the ramp. There's always someone that's there that wants money. Do you feel by giving a few dollars helps the situation? Chloe, what do you think? Um, what should we do? Don't, don't give them money. Don't give them money? You should give them a gift card. To like a food place so they don't spend it on something. So we always talk about maybe getting a McDonald's gift card so you know they're going to use it for food and not give money. What are your thoughts? They could they could probably just change that for something else. It's just oh, they could, they could sell yeah, it to yeah, somebody, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, so your honest opinion, like we're, t we're teaching young people. Be kind. Interact. Say hello. Maybe a cigarette. You know what I mean? Something. I, I don't always give money. I do give money sometimes. You know, okay. I mean? Got, um, I'm in a, I'm in a position, thankfully today, that you can give a few dollars. A couple dollars isn't gonna. Do you uh, like a gift card better than money? Or does it make a difference? I know I on the street, it's it's it both the same. Yeah. I guess I just feel better knowing that it's not. Well, at cash, least for the yeah. initial initially, you feel like maybe they'll go get food. If they sell it, it's different. But the McDonald's, like in '95, where we are when we take them to school, I feel like maybe they'll go get food, and I feel a little bit better that they're not using it for drugs or alcohol. It is what it is, focus, like this, right? Yeah, I don't focus so on be that. So be kind. Would you think even waving? Of course. Saying hello? Acknowledge them. Let them know they're human. They're there. Okay. We see you. Like, I see the same gentleman every single day on my way to work at Crossroads, and I, I give him a cigarette every day. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Do you ever tell people to call, like, 211 United Way? Like, what do you tell? I feel like I should give something to them. Like, by the way, call. I mean, maybe I should have Shine a Light. Give that out. Like, what do you? Yeah, we have bracelets, we cards. Have we have. Got it. Yeah, all the time. With the outreach number on it. And you'll be surprised. I was by my house the other day, and I seen someone wearing one of our bracelets, and I just went and talked to him and said hi. Maybe, maybe but, I just need to get like some pamphlets or something. I feel better giving a gift card. And hey, if you need help, call Shine a Light. I, I think with the I money situation, it. yeah, I wouldn't argue it. I mean, anything to get the message out that what do they do with it is really out of our control. Right? We're just trying to offer, let them That's know right. it is here. It is here. Like I was homeless for five years. I never once was in contact with anyone with like direct let's go give me some help it was always you know right some some pipe dream i guess and you're li you're dealing with a, a population of people that are disassociated right okay and what i've learned over time is that like i said it took it takes months for most people to accept the help right because we're chipping away but I don't know the whole picture. I don't know if it was you with the gas light that gave him a cigarette and a dollar. Right. And then I came in afterwards and I offered him help. And then he came next week. And then Dave was there two weeks after that. Like, it's usually a culmination that I will never see the complete picture of. It's not just us out there, right? Like, yes, we're at the tip of the sword doing it out there. But, like, who knows how many people played a part in that story that got them to a place where they were like, you know what? Maybe I can and go. All right. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get some brochures to hand out. Chloe, what else do you think? Kyla, what do you think else we should do? Any, any thoughts? Um, Anything else we could do to help people? We actually used to, uh, to teach them a little bit, we used to go to Fremont Street, and we used to get like 20. Well, for, we, first did, we first went to McDonald's. We got like 20 bags of food, like, you know, like a, like a Happy Meal. Yeah. 
And then we walked to Fremont when they were a little bit younger. We gave it out to different people. But then I felt like maybe people weren't hungry at the time that the food's going to go to a waste. So then we got gift cards. And then I had them give gift cards, McDonald's, to different people that, you know, were homeless, um, you know, in general. And I thought that was good. I mean, I, I kind of liked the gift card because I felt if they weren't hungry at the time, then it's just a waste. Our friend, uh, we have a friend who's a, a big supporter, and she has this line that <clears throat> always resonates with me. It's, uh, kindness is nobody's trigger. It doesn't matter what they do with the card. It does not matter. It matters that you were kind in that moment. To give? That's it. Okay. What they do with it. Very close. So that's what we're going to start doing. We give, so they represent a program called China Light, which they help people that are homeless or inside tunnels that basically that, that are less fortunate. So we're going to give out their pamphlet from now on, and we'll give out like a $5 gift card to McDonald's. Anything else you think? Um, well, uh, I guess we'll, we'll wave now and we'll, we'll, we'll acknowledge them because they're human beings. Sometimes we forget that. We just see them. We try to block them out, which isn't good either. But I think people also sometimes are afraid. Um, when I went um, with my grandmother, we would give them like um, we would like see the same this like some of the, the same person when you're away, and um, we would give them like um, like maybe like an apple juice with an apple, and we would make maybe like a peanut butter sandwich with jelly. Okay, great. Give it to them. That's awesome. awesome. <laughs> you guys are amazing, and we're gonna start doing more. Okay, when we drive around, um, so we have the ice cream truck outside. Kylie, you wanna say anything? Anything? No. All right, why don't you guys get some ice cream? Did you already get? If you want to get one more thing, we have a camera. Show the camera how it works outside that we could see. Yeah. So I see there's a long line of people waiting for ice cream outside there. <laughs> so if you want to go out there, and you can wave, and we'll basically put you on the TV screen, okay? You want to get one more thing, we'll tell the guy, okay? All right, so go outside, go get some ice cream. Thanks for coming on. That's Chloe, who's just turned eight. This is Kyla, who's, who's basically, Kyla, how old are you? Six years old. <laughs> Eight and six. Beautiful kids. These are the future problem solvers right here. Yeah. Yep. Okay, go outside. Go get some ice cream. Okay, so great. All right, so um, one last thing. I set up this new domain name. I'm into like domain names and I'm into vanity phone numbers, right? So when you guys, the other day, I know that you have, um, I know that you guys are looking to basically have people like the wish list at Amazon. So you guys sent me this link and I always laugh. It's like HTTP dot blah, 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 blah. I'm like, how do I send this to people? How is it easy for me? So I came up with this thing called www. We can put it on the screen uh, supportshinealight.com. We'll throw it up on the screen. And so, if anybody wants to support China Light, this is amazing because it's a very simple domain. Uh, it, I mean, honestly, it was my creative idea to help out. It's eight dollars a year. I'm going to keep renewing it. We're going to keep telling people about it. But if you go to supportshinealight.com, if you don't mind, Travis, uh, clicking the button, it takes you to the Amazon wish list for China Light, the nonprofit that's helping people. You know. And you can just go over there and basically click a bunch of buttons for things, the items that they need, so they can deliver it to people that are um, underground. Yeah. Explain a little bit how it works, like you guys, how you pick items. And we'll show some of the items as uh, we talk about it. So the items are just the basic supply items, like uh, water, socks, flashlights, batteries, uh, wet wipes, sometimes uh, first aid kits, and then basic non-perishable foods like snacks that'll hold up well. Okay, so basically people can click a few buttons and then automatically the stuff gets delivered to uh, your nonprofit, right? Which is, what is it, like off of uh, uh, Flamingo? No, we have uh, our offices at Cambridge? on Highland. Highland? Highland Avenue, Highland Drive, and then uh, we have a P.O. box that all that goes okay. to and we just get alerted and go pick it up. So what we're going to do is from the Problem Solvers show... Um, I know Danny's always big with like spending money from the Problem Solver Show. He's like, I'm taking money out of my pocket. I'm putting it down. Anyway, so the Problem Solver Show, we're going to take 
We're gonna. Uh, we actually. You can see outside. There's uh, the kids out there. They're waving a little. Hey, bit. there it is. So ice this, cream. Got, so anyway, um, again, we're doing it till six o'clock. Some ice cream is the first time we're doing. We're gonna do it next Thursday as well, um, and we're gonna take some of the video feed and put it out there in general, just for kids. Um, and like my, I guess my kids are having like a hundred pieces of ice cream probably today. I'm gonna have some too. So. Um, Anyway, so what I want to share is is that we're gonna take five hundred dollars from the problem solver. We're gonna we're gonna spend one day today. We're gonna click a bunch of buttons to mail some stuff, you know, from Amazon, from the problem solver show. So we will donate five hundred bucks. We'll pick a bunch of different items and they'll get sent to you. Uh, maybe myself and Danny will come out one day as well, um, just to experience. I always felt a little funny with that day I went there. I didn't want it to be like I'm a tourist, like walking around. I kind of felt that a little bit because like you guys have a pack of people that you normally go out. So sometimes I feel like you don't, it's not we're trying to glorify, you know, homelessness, right? We're trying to help. But I felt that day because, you know, you guys have a core group of people. Um, what's your thoughts on that? With like, the, do you feel the people that come, are they like, most people are, when you're, when you're an outsider coming to your group on Saturdays, is it the people that are coming where they're trying just to really see what's going on? No, I genuinely I felt a little, think a I lot of I people felt a little are out there. Because I wasn't part of the group. You know, I was like a visitor that day. No, I think you're genuine, and mm. a lot of people that do volunteer to come out with us are just—they just genuinely want to help. Okay, you know what I mean. I um, think you talked about our Amazon wish list. We also have a way to be a monthly donator. Okay, tell me about that for housing and treatment, and it's on our website. Okay. So even fifteen, twenty dollars a month can go towards treatment and housing for one of our clients. Awesome. Yeah, we currently have what 70, 70 active clients right now. Okay. And we pulled close to two hundred out this year. Okay, but cool. 70 that are actively with us in the second, third stages of their their treatment, their housing, getting employment, all that kind of stuff. So it, the monthly donations have been a really big help. Awesome. Is the monthly donation through the Amazon wish list? No, no, no. It's a separate link. I'll send it to you. Okay, separate link. Okay, yeah. so we'll add that. Out. We'll we'll do a few things. We'll add channel light on a few different things in general. We'll spend 500 bucks of different items in general. We'll let people know from now on support channelight.com if you want to help and click a few buttons with some money and um, be, other people are going out there doing the work, really dropping the stuff off. So if you want to be part of it, I think it's great. I wanted to touch one thing real yeah. quick. What you were saying about feeling like you're an outsider, I think what I've come to learn over time is this, that my job and George's job and you know our leads' jobs, we are ambassadors for this thing. We need to bring more people out. We need to have you guys there and all the people that come out. And we have new people every single week, right? Because every time, now that you've been out there, now you see the truth, right? Like we talked about this earlier. When I don't know, there's fear involved. And when I'm in the unknown, I'm, you know, I'm believing rumors and stories. And I think you've seen in your time out there, like, nice people. Right. Just, you know what I mean? For a multitude of different reasons, they're out there, but they're not, it's not what you think it is. You know what I mean? And once you've gone out there one time, now you're the ambassador. Now you're off in your circles of people and you're off in your circles of people. And the message gets spread out and that's shining a light on the topic of homelessness in our city. Awesome. One last thing um, to add, you know, it was interesting when I was down there because something that they do when they walk in the tunnels, they always say shine a light. What do you say? What's the normal words? Yeah, shine a light. Shine a light. So shine they're light. walking through saying shine a light, you know, coming through, right? What do you say? Coming through? Yeah, we say knock, knock because we're approaching these people's homes. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And we want to be respectful. If they say, no, do not come up. We're okay. We're going to leave some stuff right here for you. And awesome. we just go back the other way. Yeah. So they're, they're actively walking through the tunnel saying shine a light, shine a light. What do you say? You say knock, knock. Yeah. We'll yeah. say knock, knock. Everybody okay. has their little shtick. And now Paul, right? Paul likes to whistle and yell, oi, you know, just, you want them to know you're there. Yeah. We're not surprising. And, nobody. and that makes it a little bit safer. And also they know by you keep saying shine a light, they know the program or they don't have to feel like it's the police, yeah. you know, looking for them in general like that. So they're, they're literally in the tunnel saying shine a light, shine a light, you know, a lot right. of times I'll walk up and 
I'll say shine a light and I, I can kind of tell someone's in the tents, like if it's in a row of tents and I'll even say, we're just volunteers. We're here to hand out some stuff. You want some free stuff? Like joking. You want right. some free stuff? Here you go. I got a cigarette. That's always the one. That, okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, They're coming out quick. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we have, um, what do you call it? Support shine a light. We have, um, we're going to go out. Um, yep, we're going to go out in general. And then we will, um, once a month, we'll figure out to come out. Maybe even once every two weeks. Unless you, if you have people. I mean, the problem is we don't want to wait a whole month if someone's in warrant. So maybe it could be once every two weeks or something like that. We can figure it out. Or if you have somebody that has something serious, we can come out and we could figure it out and go directly to you in general. So we're going to work on that in general. And then um, do you like the whole app situation with the homeless and the GPS? Do you like that with getting the emails notifications? I do, as long as it's not pictures of them. Like maybe pictures of a marker. Or the GPS, GPS link obviously opens up to where they might be, and we can see if we already go there or not. Okay. Yeah. I mean, okay, so we'll set up. What's the mean? What's the be, uh, maybe one we don't have to share here? Just send me the email that you want, and then we'll set it up. And then if it's okay with you guys, you can talk to Paul. Just that we'll, the Problem Solver Show and Shine a Light will collaborating together to basically help identify homeless camps in different areas that you may not know of. They can go online, click homeless, fill out the information. If they want to send a photo of a camping location or you know or just GPS. It'll get sent to you guys. We'll get notified as well, but it's mainly to you guys. And then if you guys can go out, great. You know, Is there anybody else really that's out there? Um, There's other organizations out there. Help. I know the Moore team, uh, Lima. There's, there's other things going on. It's not, I don't know that there's anybody that's as focused specifically on underground and the tunnels as we are, but there's definitely other organizations out there. Okay, great. So what we're going to do is... Um, is there anything else that you want to share? I think we kind of covered all these different topics. Is there anything else, Danny? I just, I just want to share, and, and I said it again. You guys are heroes. Your organization is heroes. I am a better person today for meeting both of you. Thank you. And I look forward to working with you guys in the future. I think we talked about it earlier. It's like, I'm not from Las Vegas, but I've made Las Vegas my home, and I've been here for a better part of 23, 24 years now, but I can't. I noticed it a lot earlier when I first lived here. I, I wasn't I wasn't particularly happy living in Las Vegas, right? But I, I what I what I understood now, what I understand now is that like I, I didn't make it my home. I didn't try to make it better. I wasn't trying to be a part of it. And the, the moment that I did that and made Las Vegas my home and started looking at these situations like this, it became you know it became a more fuller experience with the city, and I fell in love with it. And that we owe, you know, what I mean, we definitely owe as people, and upset we owe as people in, in recovery, we owe to to give back and try to try to make a, a difference awesome yeah. and okay, congratulations great. on your recovery also yeah, and you know you touched about here i think shine a light is a community project it takes everybody in the community yeah. not just two people not just 10 people not just 20 people it is a community project well as actually as, as cops in general we used to always say that crime is not a police problem it's actually a community problem i think the same thing with homeless yeah. it's not uh it's everyone's problem generally everybody that lives in the community well human beings you could be homeless one day too so why would you not be involved in the community to help people in general so again i appreciate you guys coming on the show talking about in general like i said um i know you guys are gonna hang out next room a little bit and then we're gonna we're gonna uh record for tv and stuff like that after so if you want to step outside um into the other room and then we'll have you guys step in, in a minute all right and then uh we're actually gonna have danny we're gonna actually have um, Beja actually is next door talking to Jesus and they're going to come in so Beja Rivera is the co-host she's coming in she was actually meeting with somebody who uh, was out at Lake Mead okay and actually recovered 
was involved in finding the third body that's at Lake Mead. I know okay. that we've been covering the situation. So uh, Jesus is going to, he speaks Spanish. I think it's 40%, you know, uh, 50% English. Okay. So I think Beja will speak Spanish in general a little bit, you know, explain the story of what happened. I believe it was him and, and the, his daughter, basically, that were at Lake Mead and, and then somehow uncovered. So we'll find out the whole story. Wow. So we're going to bring in Beja and Jesus and uh, just text me real quickly <laughs> right now. Beja, if you could hear us, come I'll, into the podcast any, room. Anyone, anyone, um, come into the podcast room. <laughs> is anybody else like getting ice cream? Let's like, see the ice like, cream truck. Poop. Hey, there, no. <laughs> you know, and just let you know this ice cream truck, it's kind of interesting. I love the truck. The guy's really great inside. But I literally posted, you know, in a Facebook group where there's 25,000, you know, parents and kids like that saying free ice cream. But I think these days, um, like I said, with gas, you know, <laughs> you come out, it can cost you $47 just to go get your $3 ice cream. <laughs> yes. But I'm just glad that our engineer, uh, Travis, is really enjoying the ice cream because that's what really counts. If I had a microphone on me, I'm sure my face is just covered. In, like, <laughs> exactly. I'm so hungry. I'm getting cream. an ice cream ice since cream this is over. So we're going to get some ice cream. Let's have Jesus come on uh, with Beige to find the real quick story. And right. then, Do you want me to go yeah, get actually, him? Yeah, actually, why don't you go get her? She's right. probably stuck to the seat somewhere. <laughs> But anyway, um, you know, one thing I wanted to share. So we have a super fan, Steve. He's been really quiet today in general. We have super fan, Jason. And uh, Jason actually shared something here in general, which I thought was interesting. He said that no intelligent person, you know, views pro athletes as heroes. And uh, which is very, very true. So I wanted to share that. Oh, you know what we didn't do? Um, I wanted to do that with Beijing with the What's Your Problem? Um, but we, I wanted actually Beijing to be part of it as well. So actually, you know what we'll do this? Um, as they take the seats, why don't we do what's your problem real quickly? Um, Jesus, why don't you have a seat over here? Okay. Right. Which one? Jesus, right there. Have a seat there. Okay. Perfecto. So, Beja, so we're going to we're gonna do, we're gonna do the, the, the new thing we're doing is what's your problem. I want to share. There was a problem that someone shared that we'll talk about real quick, and then we'll speak to Jesus. So if you want to put the headsets on for both of you guys. So let's, we have the what's your problem, um, what do you call that? I'm about to say swoosh. I just have, I have the image right here and I have the audio ready to play. Okay, so let's put awesome. up the image and then we're going to listen to the problem um, that you're going to need this in order to listen to. And uh, so basically what's your problem is every single week now, uh, if someone has a problem, they can go onto the problem Vegas. they can upload what's your problem and it could be any type of problem in general. Um, a female basically called and said that she, she had a problem. We're going to basically uh, just discuss it for a quick minute of what we would do. Okay. I'm going to ask Beja to basically see what she's going to do. And then, and then, are you ready to go? This is all Beja, the problem. What's your problem? Is Beja going to be answering the problem? I'm not the problem solver. I'm the problem starter. Okay, you ready? Okay, so, so we're going to throw, what's your problem right now? It's going to come up the first time. We're making history now. Let's do it. All right. Beja, concentrate. Concentrate, Beja. Hey, Dave. I uh, hope you're doing well. Um, okay. So, like, basically, like, I caught the United States postal worker, like, the postman, like, masturbating outside my bedroom window twice. Like, the first time it happened back in April, and I filmed the thing, and I went to the post office, and I showed them the video, and reported him, and they gave me an 800 number, and, like, all this. He should have gotten fired, like, right away. Like, that's, like, that's not okay. That's, like, indecent exposure, you know? They knew exactly who the guy was, 
Then I noticed he was still on my route and stuff, which made me like extra like uncomfortable because the whole situation is just like very traumatizing. But like anyways, like I caught him again two days ago masturbating outside my window, like the same guy. And I filmed it and I confronted him all on camera. And so like... I want to file, like, a lawsuit or something against, like, the postal workers or, like, the post office for not taking my, like, complaint seriously. I've been on the phone with them, like, already today for, like, an hour. I talked to KTLA, you know, um, yeah, like, this is not okay. Anyways, I don't know what to do, but you're the guy that knows how to do it. So, anyways, yeah. I hope you're doing good. Um, big hugs. All right, there we go, Beja. First of all, <laughs> do you have children? Because this is like at this point, like this sex offender. This like, person doesn't have a. Uh, well, that person does not have a child. Okay. But anyway, it's how do we solve this, Beja? Um, how do we solve the problem? What do you think? I'm asking you. I mean, call the police. Okay. The, so it, she. So I know the story. She called the police. Police didn't really pick up the phone. So she decides to what, go out there. What does that there. mean? What? They didn't pick up the phone. What, what does said, that mean? She said they didn't call the police. She didn't. They didn't pick up. Why? But Who did it pick up? Like, police. Should I try calling the police right now? Do you think they'll pick up? <laughs> so this happened actually in Los Angeles, um, not here in Las Vegas. And she called me because I've helped her in the past. But she says that she calls the police and basically no one picked up. And she said that she decided to go out there and confront the guy. Is that good or bad? That's bad. I would never do that. Well, that's bad. No. Why I mean, would you not you got, go out? You guys are the police officers. You tell me. Or no, you that's tell what I'm her. Asking, like, I'm asking you, why would you not go out? You're putting yourself in danger. Okay, that sounds Don't do that. that sounds like, smart. obviously, like, he is, he doesn't give a shit, okay? Mm -hmm. um, he's willing to, uh, yeah, exactly, in decent exposure, yes. do something that is not okay. Like, who knows what he'll do? And to return to the same home, like, to your home, woman, like, you should have filed a restraining order. I don't know if you have the ring camera or like what is going on, but I would have definitely jotted down all the info. If, if you went up to him, I would have gotten the plates first. But it's a, it's a United States postal truck. It's a truck. The, the guy's the postal guy. They don't have fucking license plates or what? They do. They do. Yeah, so you get the information. And, 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 now, you report, <laughs> and now you report it and they're not doing mm -hmm. anything about it. Like mm -hmm. that's crazy to me. Yes. And I feel like it all like ties into like COVID and like, you know, back in before COVID, I feel like, um, it was the employers that was like, you're lucky to be here. Like, you're lucky you have a job. Right. And now I feel like it's the employees that are like, well, you're lucky I'm even here. Danny, so what are, you, what are your recommendations? So that was, that was the problem. What are, you, what are your thoughts? If, what are your if, if it, someone says, I called the police? And if this up. is true, that, listen, I was a supervisor half my career. Mm -hmm. Okay. If this was true that they didn't do anything, somebody be getting suspended, somebody be getting fired, somebody be getting something. And how because are they viewing you for the second time? Is your window she, open? She needs to go know. to the police department and talk to a supervisor so ASAP. Because that, this doesn't Definitely. make sense. By the way, Superfan Steve, he said that they never pick up. That's nothing new. The police never pick up. What? <laughs> Steve, have, have, you, have you experienced the same kind of situation? He calls the police all the time. They don't, they don't pick up. Over, I mean, over postal workers, Steve? So, like, there's some guy outside <laughs> masturbating. Steve, my, Steve, are they doing it no, at your house, too? No, there's some guy outside right what? now masturbating. <laughs> so here's the story. The bottom line is this. What I told the girl as well. You call the police. You, it may keep on ringing. Let's just say it's a crazy day, but you keep calling. 
You don't go out. You don't confront the guy. Call 911 again. And you if keep you calling 911, but if you're in a safe home, you don't go out, You right? If you want to film from a distance where they don't see you, but you don't basically go out and confront them. Because if they can see you, then you can see them, right? And the thing is, like, this young lady talked about, like, a lawsuit in general. I mean, of course, this is not really a lawsuit situation. No. This is more of a police matter. It's yeah. a criminal matter. The person needs to get it's arrested to get in general. Him. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so, again, please do not go out and confront the person. Call the police. Let them basically know what's going on. If you want to send video or pictures, it's fine. Everything. But you have Jot to follow down through. Everything, record everything. So, so she didn't go everything. to the police station. So I did talk with her in general. I thought it was interesting for our first one for What's Your Problem. Um, that was so, an interesting. I didn't expect that. You didn't expect that one? No. <laughs> I like, I want to say I want to give you a hug back, but I don't know how you feel right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move on. So Jesus is here. We're going to be real quick, you know, within five, six minutes in right, general. Right, right. Um, so, I know you want to interpret in general. Uh -huh. tell, us, tell us a little bit of the story of what happened uh, Lake Me, what was going on. Uh, si puede contar más de lo que pasó ese día que encontró el, la, los restos humanos. Sí, claro. En el uh, sí, ese, ese día era como, como, como un día uh, normal. Vamos dos o tres veces a la, a la semana al lago so nosotros. So that day was just another normal day okay. for them. They go uh -huh. about two or three times a week, actually. Oh, uh -huh. So they're yeah. regulars. Sí, uh -huh. a mis hijos les encanta explorar. Uh, they love to explore. Hacemos varias actividades. Me too. Doing a lot <laughs> yeah, of it's, activities. Yeah, but it's exciting, right? Right. And, um, de este, y eso, eso fue algo muy, muy, muy extraño porque nosotros fuimos y llegamos directo a donde estaba el cuerpo. O sea, era como, uh -huh. perdón. So, uh -huh. No, no, está bien. It was just really strange that they were there at the exact location where the remains uh -huh. were. Right. And, and they like literally just ran right into it. Uh -huh. Tenía dos minutos de la tormenta haber pasado. Y nosotros llegamos, o sea, no había nadie más en el lago. Solo right. nosotros, el video se puede ver que no había nadie So más. literally, like walking up to like two minutes, nobody else was around, and there's the torso. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Sí. Was, it, was it his kid that came, or was both of them? Like, how did that work out? Like, how, how'd you, because honestly, I wouldn't even know, I don't think I would think that was a body. I yeah. don't know what I would think it was. So mm -hmm. what, what made you think it was a body? Uh -huh. So la pregunta es que quién fue que lo uh, reconoció, pues, que, que miró, y, y quién... Se fijó que era un, un cuerpo. Un cuerpo. Sí. Llegamos y, y pusimos nuestras cosas, nuestro picnic, cosas y todo. Y, y yo miraba en el agua en la orilla que algo se movía mm. con las olas del lago. Entonces dije, ahorita voy para allá. Y mi hija, ella fue la que fue. Se aproximó. So they got there, set up their picnic stuff. Um, he did notice that there was something like floating in the water. Um, and it was actually his daughter that noticed mm -hmm. what it was. Sí. Mm -hmm. Entonces ella... Lo examinó, miró y volvió hacia mí. Uh -huh. Y me dice, papi, hay algo en el agua, luce como un barril, pero parece un bar, y me dijo, parece un cuerpo. ¿Puedes irlo a ver? Y yo le dije, sí, dame, ya voy para allá, dame un minuto. Me puse mis cosas, mis water shoes, mis shorts, y, y voy a verlo. Fue cuando me tomé mi tiempo para, para verlo, para inspeccionarlo. Eh, Dije, no puedo hacer una llamada que parezca una broma que, diciendo, creo que es un cuerpo. Mm, Tenía que... Ahorita voy a decir... So, yeah, his daughter had pretty much went up to him. He, he, she noticed something in the water. Okay. She actually knew that it was... What really she noticed was the pelvis. Okay. And so went back to him. Um, he had put on, you know, his, his water gear, went into the water, and... Um, 
Gosh, that is so crazy to me. Yeah. I mean, crazy. I, uh, would it you, is. Would, Danny, if you saw that, did you? Would you think that's? I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't know. Like, like what? How? But do now you, that like, now that I look at it here, of course you could see where the two legs would be, right? You can see that. Well, well this is the thing because um, I actually spoke to Jesus prior uh-huh. to this, and he has so many details. So um, if you wanna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. Sí, claro. Cuando um, yo la pelvis. Dije, wow, es un, es un pelvis bones, right? But, quiere ver... So, no lado. era solamente su hija que, que, que sabía que era un pelvis, pero usted también Ajá. reconoció que era un sí. pelvis. So, it wasn't only his daughter that knew that it was a pelvis, but he also noticed that mm-hmm. this wow. is a pelvis. Fue cuando le dije a ella, ok, es, es, está bien, yo, yo me hago cargo, le digo, mm-hmm. ve para allá. Y fue cuando yo empecé a mirar el cuerpo, a examinar... Eh, and that's when he went. He, sí, he pushed era. his daughter back, and you know, of course, we don't want children to right. see that. So uh, then he started examining the body. En, en el video, uh, the se, torso. En el video, oh. se mira que yo hago eso, saco algo de ahí. Era para ver si la pelvis estaba completa. And so he had taken si something una, out, yeah, of where real. one of the legs would yeah, have been, sí, right? Para ver si yeah. era una real. Mm-hmm. Y entonces. Pelvis bones. Entonces ya me percaté de los detalles. Yo revisé el cuerpo 15 minutos. Después tomé el video right. y después llamé a la policía. So, entonces le di la vuelta para ver si qué había en la parte de atrás, en la, en la backside. Mm-hmm. Y ya miré las partes del cuerpo, espalda baja, miré detalles que estaba amarrado, mm-hmm. la ropa estaba deteriorada, mm-hmm. es la parte negra que se mira en el cuerpo, era la ropa. Mm-hmm. Eh, fue... Sorprendente, miré todo eso y dije, wow, esto. So first of all, it was very shocking. Um, he, after, you know, taking remains or whatever it was that he took out of what could have been where the lake was. Right. Um, he examined that for about 15 minutes. Then he had turned it over and noticed the backside. Right. Um, he says that whatever is in the dark area, the black area is actually the clothing that deteriorated and it there is a string that shows that it was actually uh uh uh-huh that it was tied Tied uh so there was something that was tied and i mean you're looking at a torso so there's no legs there's no (laughs) like it's clean cut (laughs) and another detail estaba súper duro, como un shell, como un shell de, de caracol. Mm-hmm. Por eso yo pensé que era como una estatua, un maniquí o algo he similar. He didn't think that it was, you know, a, a skeleton, pretty much like the torso of a human, you right. know, human remains. It was like, uh, he explains it as like a hard shell, kind of like a charcoal kind of right. hard shell. Um, this di- now, now he said you said the clothing had a tie. Mm-hmm. So, so could it have been a bathing suit? Could it have been like a like maybe a female bathing suit or no? So so esa es otra cosa que hablamos. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Que estaba amarrado. Ajá, que estaba. Pero pero crees que fue como un traje de baño o mm. o crees que no porque tenía una marca. Okay. En el estómago. No, because it was very cut in. Right. Muy grande. I, I was just wondering if it was a bathing suit because you're looking at, was this a crime of violence or was this a drowning? So I was trying uh-huh. to think if they had a bathing suit on, you're looking at maybe possibly a drowning, uh-huh. you know? Y, también dijiste que, que creíste que, uh, pues, piensas que fuera una persona que tenía sí. 30, 
reina. Sí, por la, por la, por la, cómo está el cuerpo de hecho un shell. Sí, así, yo pienso que tiene más de, de 30 años por se ha conservado así. Uh -huh. Cambió demasiado. So my question was, um, I mean, because you know we spoke yeah. prior to this, he said that uh, he thought that the person at least had to be about 30, 40 years, and I said, well, why do you think that? And he says just based off everything that he saw, I mean. Right. Mm -hmm. Wow. Para, Are you a coroner? <laughs> <laughs> no, pero miro muchos documentales. Yeah. Oh, documentary. <laughs> Everybody, watch yeah. the documentary. <laughs> Listen, I'm very sorry this happened to you and your family. I, I, I really am. But if you could explain to your, your child, you know, you're giving closure to somebody. You know, somebody oh. lost somebody years ago, 30, 40 years ago. Even oh. if it's drowning, you're bringing some kind of closure, even though it was a horrible thing for your mm. kids to see. Y luego, ¿cómo se siente su hija? So, how, how does your daughter feel that she was the one that saw? Dice que uh, tiene muy, muy buenos recuerdos del lago, pero no quiere volver. So, since they were regulars at Lake Mead, <laughs> sí. um, right. and ah. she has, like, great memories there, after that memory, she, she just uh. does not want to return. Hay unos de, de sus familiares que sí quieren regresar. Dos, dos niños, busca... dos niños de ellos sí quieren volver y yo también. De hecho, queríamos ir hoy. I asked <laughs> if he or, or any of his family actually wanted to go back to look for some more remains. He said that there's two okay. that do and the rest don't. So, uh, becoming a bad game. Um, question. So, they they weren't swimming at all before that. They just happened to see. They didn't go in the water. For, they didn't go to water. Uh -huh. They didn't go to the water so, right away, right? No estaban nadie. Uh, yeah. Llegaron. Nomás llegaron. Llegaron y el cuerpo estaba ya en la orilla flotando. Yeah, he had already seen it, mm -hmm. setting up his picnic. And is he, yeah. does he dive, snorkel, or does he do any of that stuff? Or is he a diver? Y se mete al lago y, ¿cómo se dice? Scuba dive en español. Sí, me pongo mi snorkel y me gusta hacer no, mira. No, es mentira. No, hago, mira, mira el detector, hago detección, me oh, gusta. ¿sí? sí, tengo... Obvio, muchos videos también. ¿Tienes experiencia? Sí, esta experiencia de, de lado a lado hemos revisado el lago y nos gusta yeah. mucho explorar. Pues, sí, sí, sí dijo que, que ustedes hacen mucho a, a Ajá, actividades. actividades. He did mention that him and his family, they do a lot of activities. Got it. So. Awesome. All right, so um, I feel bad about the situation. Jero knows that a few kids here. Luckily, the ice cream truck is here giving them some ice cream. Mucho um, jodado. <laughs> oh, sí, es, sí, estuvo muy, muy nice. Thank you, sí. Um, De hecho, quieren más. So I just, I just wanted to recap and explain. That's why I wasn't sure with translation. But I want you to just kind of explain that one of the, the reward concepts for the show was that it had to be a certified diver that was going to go out there that was diving to actually find a body in a barrel specifically. But, and that was the $5,000 challenge. He may not know the whole situation, but what we want to do is because of the traumatic situation, we actually asked one of our sponsors, Las Vegas Legal Network, to see if they wanted to do something. And they were going to basically wanted to give, you know, a check because they feel bad maybe to go to Disneyland or go somewhere in general. So inside here is, if you want to explain this from Las Vegas Legal Network, it's just a little gift to them for their family. But basically for the challenge specifically, it's supposed to be a body in a barrel uh, that we started initially in general. So if you want to kind of explain that a little bit, at least it's something in general where they, maybe they can have a fun time. I kept thinking Disneyland in general, but mm -hmm. if you want to explain that, they can do whatever they like with it. So aquí en esta bolsa es, es una recompensa. Um, si había un, um, para cualificar, o mm -hmm. como digo, para el uh, 5,000, era que encontraron los restos de humanos en un barril. So, es, es bien específico, mm -hmm. pero haciendo que, you know, 
era usted y su familia y era bien traumático y, y que su hija encontró esos, esos restos. Este, todavía queremos uh, darle algún recompensa. Uh -huh. So, aquí le va un recompensa. Es de la red de uh, Las Vegas. Okay. Del, uh -huh, de Las Vegas Legal Network. So, si quiere abrirlo, uh, la idea, pues, es de que pues le llevas a, a sus hijos a, a un lugar que, que es más, <ríe> que sí. no es Lake Mead. Sí, entiendo. <ríe> que no revolver ahí, pero que, que fueran a, a algún sí. ajá, un sí, lado para, para divertirse. Re recompensarlos por algo que vivieron. Ajá. Sí, está perfecto. Muchas gracias. Sí. So we appreciate his time coming on this show again. Hopefully, um, you know, these things are crazy things that are happening in general but uh, if you want to tell me we appreciate coming on this show um, there was going to be um, there was one of the Spanish televisions wanted to come but they're, they're not able to make it I think maybe this video is enough for them to use in general so if he wants uh, we appreciate coming on the show he has that if he wants to get any ice cream on the way out the ice cream truck for the kids as well and then we'll keep in touch with him um, and we appreciate him coming on the show ¿Tengo que traducir eso? ¿O ya lo entiendes? <laughs> Entendí lo de que si queremos algo, que vayamos. Sí, que vaya, pero uh, no. El, el del show. Gracias por, por venir a, ahora y no, no, este, encantado. Este, a hablar de esto. Sé que, que no es fácil, pues. Sí. Porque fue algo pues grave y este. ¿Cómo dijo Yesenia? ¿Qué dijo Yesenia? Sí, impres impresionante, impresionante, la impresión sorpresa. Ajá, sí, no, 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 muchas, muchas gracias por, por el espacio, la invitación y, y sí. aquí es a donde nos trajo esa, esa vivencia y si se nos vuelve a repetir, volvemos a, a hacerlo. Ajá. Hacer el bien estuvo muy bien, me gustó, ayudar, he lo said, volvería a hacer. He said he would do it again, he enjoys helping and thanks for having him here. If anything else comes up, he'll definitely be here again. Okay, awesome. so we, we appreciate it. So we're going to just kind of wrap up in general, but he could stay here for one quick minute in general. So again, um, okay. at this point in time, uh, in regards to this situation, again, we're not. there's nothing comical about the situation. It's just something that we got involved in, and that we're just kind of following through with it in general. So we appreciate Jesus uh, coming down here in general. I guess he had you know, kids and stuff, and we have the ice cream truck as general, so we figured it came down. So we appreciate Las Vegas Legal Network, who's basically giving a $500 donation just um, because we, they feel bad in regards to And if I could say something, yeah, it's, please. it's really, I mean, the goal of this, and eso es lo que le estaba explicando usted también, que el, el goal es de darle a la familia, a las la ajá, familia, a las familias un paz, justicia, sí. you know, if they have a missing person, um, if they just, if, if the last place that they saw them was at Lake Mead, I mean, we want to bring justice, we want to bring yeah. peace. Especially um, in that location. Closure, you know, yep. there's, there's so many things that, are just to be uncovered, really. Exactly. So we do have the domain uh, website set up, which is identifythebody.com. If anybody has information, there is reward money if we're able to identify the body to help law enforcement in regards to putting closure uh, for what happened, whether it's a drowning person, whether it's another homicide, we don't clearly know in general right now. The police have not uh, stated what exactly it is. I know there's probably DNA testing that will go on, go on with this specific one. But again, um, there is reward money that's available through um, Las Vegas Crime Solvers, which is something new that we're doing as a spin-off show. And again, um, I appreciate who's coming out. Every single week, the goal is to bring out different people. Uh, just like um, Shine a Light, these guys are amazing. That, that Every single Saturday, they're going out helping people that are homeless in general like that. So I commend them for their efforts. If you want to help, again, a Shine a Light uh, program, it is supportshinealight.com. And again, I'm David Colmar, the problem solver. Again, support Shine a Light is basically on the screen. 
please help um, click a few items on Amazon. You can spend 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever you want to do to help people that are basically underground until they get, um, I, I'm about to say courage, but until they get um, the concept of that it's time to make some change or if they have an addiction problem, Shining mm -hmm. Light basically is going out to help people. So please, let's support their program in general. Uh, the Problem Solver.Vegas um, is an app that you can go on for different resources. We're helping people with employment, with housing, people that are homeless, people that are underground, uh, people that need attorneys. They've involved in accidents. They're been arrested, they have, they need their record sealed. So again, if you go to the problem solver, that Vegas, as you can see on the screen right now, we have an app, has so many different resources. We're trying to help nonprofits that are helping people in Ukraine as the war still continues out there. So there's tons of resources out there. Again, um, David Colmey, the problem solver, every single week, Thursday at 4.30, we go live. Tuesday, channel 14, which is your view on Cox Cable. You can see us there for uh, TV. Again, Danny Miner, my co-host. Danny, thanks so much again. Thank you, Dave. As usual. And then Beja Rivera, thanks so much for co-hosting today as well. And thanks so much for having me. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see you next week, Thursday. Be safe out there.